Welcome to Sunday's Lesson with Lane. This week we will be discussing the storms of life and how we can put our trust in Jesus as we're going through these storms. Good morning, church family. I am so glad you joined us this morning. And we are definitely going to go through storms in our life. There are going to be some big storms for some of us. For some of us, we're going to experience small storms. But all of us are going to go through some sort of storm in our life. And I think it's kind of interesting that sometimes to get to the adventure that we want to go on, we have to go through a storm. And when I say that, I'm reminded of a time me and my father went down to Honduras and we were going to go diving in Utila, Honduras. And that is a place where you can find the biggest amount of whale sharks in the world. That's the best place to go dive to go find whale sharks. And that was our mission. We were going to go down there to see that. But as we got there, we get in our boat, and our boat is a big boat. It probably is considered a yacht. It's able to sleep 20 people with the crew. And as we're in this boat, the captain realizes a storm is coming, and we have to go away from the island of Utila, and we're going to go to the island of Royatan, because that place isn't under a storm. And so as we're going across the sea to get to Royatan, the storm is raging. And at this time, everyone is starting to get sick to their stomach. Everyone is going to their room. So I remember going downstairs to my cabin, and I remember laying on my bed, scared to death because I would look out the window, the little porthole, and I would see sky, and then I would see ocean. Sky, ocean, as the boat is rocking back and forth. And I'm laying on my mattress, and it's just hitting the wall and back, back and forth. It was a crazy storm. And this boat that I thought was really big started to get smaller and smaller. And I realized I became more and more vulnerable. Luckily, we get to the other side. We, had a, we, had, we started diving. And then there's a lot more to the story that we're not going to get into today, maybe another day. But sometimes to get to our adventure, we got to go through storms. And you know, Jesus understands that sometimes to get to our adventure of life, we have to go through storms. But he wants us to realize that he is always in control of the storms in our life. And so today we're going to talk about one of the more incredible stories about Jesus. And that's a story where he walks on water. And three of the four gospel writers tell this story. Matthew, Mark, and John all tell the story of Jesus walking across water. And he's doing it in the middle of a storm. So let's start in Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to bounce between Matthew and John's account because both of them have some pretty interesting things to say in this. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he, was, while he sent the people home. Afterwards, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell and he was there alone. So when I read this story, first off, we're going we're gonna to have to put it in context of what has just happened. Who did Jesus sent home? Well, first, if you look right before it, he just fed 
the 5,000 people. And he fed them out of the five loaves and two fish. And it was an incredible miracle. So after the disciples gathered up all the stuff, Jesus hurriedly, as Matthew kind of puts it, and says, y'all go to the other side. I'll meet you later. Why did Jesus send his disciples to the other side of the, of the, of the uh, sea? Why didn't he go there with them? Well, you might be thinking, well, maybe it was because he needed to pray. Maybe it was time that he could spend alone with God, and that might be one of the reasons that he did that. But I think John, in his account of feeding the 5,000, gives a little bit more context to it. So if you go to John chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, it says, After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet that's come into the world. Jesus, knowing what, that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When Jesus fed 5,000 people, they realized this is someone that can take care of our every need. This is someone that just took five loaves of bread, two fish, and turned it into a meal for 5,000 plus people. This is who we need to be our king. Not Caesar, not King Herod. We need this guy. And they were going to make him king by force. And let's also realize that this is probably a temptation for Jesus. In a few chapters before Matthew, you see the story where he's in the desert and Satan's tempting him. And what is he tempting him with? He sees these stones and says... You can turn these stones into bread. Well, Jesus has now realized that he does have the power, and he probably knew that before, that he has the power to turn anything into food that can feed the bellies of all these people. Would Jesus be a great king? Absolutely. He would absolutely be a great king. Would this be a temptation of Jesus? Of course. Think of how much Jesus loved the people. Think of how much he cared about them. Think about when he got around them, he just felt like he would do anything for them to take care of their needs. But if Jesus becomes king and he doesn't die on a cross, we might have full bellies, we might have our needs taken care of us, but we have no hope for eternal life. His mission was to come here and to sacrifice himself for us. He had to go through that own storm in his life for the greater good. And I think at this moment, he knows his disciples will probably get wrapped up into it as well. And so he sends his disciples away. Sends them away, disperses the crowd, and goes and prays that God gives him the strength to continue the mission that he needs to keep. You see, sometimes we might need God to send us away. And right now we might be thinking, and that's something that I think of, is, is should we just trust that everything's going to be okay and us all just be in this auditorium together because that's what I would want and I know that's what so many of you would want. But maybe God is sending us away for a little bit to do something that we couldn't do 
by meeting here every Sunday morning. And I hope it doesn't last long, but I think we can learn by being away right now. One little bitty example that I think is kind of neat, if you watched uh, Facebook with us, if you, if you joined in worship with us on, on Easter Sunday, typically whenever we have these live streams, and you can see it right now if you're live streaming, there's little uh, emoticons or, or emojis that have little thumbs up or hearts or whatever, and you can push those whenever you like a song that was sung or if you like a point that was said in the sermon or you like a prayer, you can just say, I like that by clicking a little thumbs up or a little heart. But on Easter Sunday... Facebook had all these other emojis. One emoji was a hallelujah emoji, and then an amen emoji, and then a prayer hands going up emoji. And I thought, that's interesting, because the guy who created Facebook, at least a couple of years ago, didn't even believe in God. And now, while he says religion is starting to become more of his life, well, Maybe we're having an influence on people that don't believe in God. But I know right now we are using this type of medium to reach so many people. At all hours of the day, you can click through and you can find people doing sermons and talking about Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of bad stuff out there too. But at a time when people are looking for hope, I guarantee the word of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed. And how awesome is that? And maybe this is what we needed to get the word out to people that hadn't heard it. Let's go to John chapter 6. And we're going to go to his, his, uh, his, his part of uh, the retelling of walking on water. In chapter 6, verse 16, it says, That evening, his disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell, and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got in the boat and headed out across the lake towards Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and as they rowed, the sea grew rough. And they were in there and rowing about three to four miles Right after the food was gathered up, the disciples get in the boat, as Jesus told them to do, and they start rowing and rowing across the sea. And as they're rowing, a storm comes up. And they'd been rowing, they said, probably they got about four, four miles. And at the max, it's about six miles across from where they want to go. But it's three in the morning, I assume, right as they, as they left. It might have been right at sundown. And as they left, several hours have gone by. It's three in the morning, and the waves are starting to billow. And the wind is blowing. They're getting nowhere. They're making no headway. And I'm sure at this moment they're thinking... Where is Jesus? We're in the middle of this storm and he sent us away. Why isn't he with us? You see, in your life right now, you might be thinking, what is going on? Some of you don't even know what day it is most days. I hear that over and over. Oh, it's Wednesday. Or, oh, I didn't didn't realize that today was Saturday. 
right? There's so many times in our life where we don't even know what day it is and we get set in this routine. Let me tell you, Christ gives us the direction we need in life. Christ gives us the purpose we need in life. And if we are not with Christ, if we're like his disciples and we're just rowing and rowing and rowing, if we're just going about life and we're not trying to serve our God, it starts to lose meaning. It starts to lose purpose. And we start wondering, what is this life all about? You see, we need Christ with us in the boat. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 14. And in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, it says, it was about three o'clock in the morning and Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. The person that they need is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is walking up close to them. But they're so scared of all the surroundings. They don't even recognize Jesus. They think it's a ghost. And if we're going to give them to their credit, it is a little bit strange for a man to be walking on water. That's not a normal thing for a man to do. But we got to remember this is not a normal man. This man that's walking on water is the creator of all things. The creator of all nature. The creator of all human beings. And nature bows down to this man, Jesus Christ. And so, they're scared when they see him. And we sometimes get scared when, we, when the world around us is in the middle of a storm. And instead of crying out to him, come and save us at the time, or instead of going to God and, and say, help me, we don't think there is any help. We just get more scared and say it's a ghost, right? But I love the words Jesus tells them right here. As they're scared, in verse 27 it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he says, I'm here. Don't be afraid. It's all right. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Your version might say, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Or it might say, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. You see, the first words that Jesus says to them is the Greek word tharseo. And tharseo, when Matthew uses it other times in Scripture, doesn't typically just mean take courage. It typically is a happy word, meaning be encouraged or be cheerful. And so I like whenever it's said here is tharseo. He's saying, cheer up, guys. Be cheerful. I'm here. It's me. What do they have to be cheerful about? They're in the middle of this storm. 
What could you be happy about whenever everything around you is going a little crazy? Well, here's some good news. He says, it is I. But the correct translation, the most direct translation, and your translation typically will say it is I, but the New Living Translation, which I'm reading right here, says, I am here. And typically the New Living Translation isn't a word-for-word exact translation. A lot of times it's a thought-for-thought translation, so it reads real easy. So I started looking at that. He said, I am here. So I start looking into what is the actual translation and the translation are these two words, ego, I me, ego, I me. And what you will see, what those words mean is, I am. If you want some good reading, Beverly Stanglin did a great little series on the seven I ams in the book of John. And so go to our Facebook and read those because those are really good. And that's one of the things that a lot of theologians come up with is John's seven I am's. But what's funny is this isn't included because they translate it into it is I. But I think it's so much more powerful when we realize that Jesus walked to the disciples and said, Tharseo, ego ami. Be cheerful. I am. What does that mean? I am. Just like when Moses was sent to the Israelites. What does it say in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14? It says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. I am. What does Jesus say? Be cheerful. I am here. I am in control. I am the Lord of Lords. I am the King of Kings. This is something to be happy about. So he ends it, don't be afraid. Be cheerful. I am everything your heart could ever desire. I am here to save you. How awesome is that? And so you would think at that moment that they would say, well, get in the boat with us, Jesus. But apparently there is some, still some arguments of if we should let this ghost or this Jesus in the boat. And so much argument, I guess, that Peter finally says, Lord, if it's me, let me come out to you. Right? And 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 he actually says, then Peter calls out, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out by walking on the water. Jesus says, all right, come. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. You see, even when we're doing the right thing, even when we're coming to God like we're supposed to come to him, we still mess up. And we don't have a God that says, you messed up, I'm going to let you sink. He says, take my hand, right? He's, Lord, save me. Here's my hand. Immediately, I'm going to grab you up. What kind of church should we be when someone is trying to do the right thing, but then they have stumble? We should be a church that calls out to them and says, We have a God that saves. We have a God that doesn't want you in your sinful life. And he is there 
He's there and he's forgiving and he wants to bring you back up out of the, out of the water for him. Jesus says in here, he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And we might be thinking, that's kind of harsh of Jesus to say that to Peter, who was the only one that got out of the boat. And obviously he would be a little scared. But he had big plans for Peter, and he wants Peter to know at all times, through all storms, no matter the situation, we can trust him. And Jesus says that same phrase, O ye of little faith, other times in the scriptures. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, it says, And God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers, and if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. O ye of little faith. I love this time of year, and in March, when the blue bonnets and the Indian paintbrushes and the crimson and clover and the buttercups and the yellow sunflowers are out there, you could probably put up the Texas wildflowers against any other backdrop, and we would win. God loves his creation so much that he gives us this beauty. He loves this, this planet so much that he gives it so much beauty. But what is he saying in Matthew chapter 6? How much more does he love you? As much as he loves to put the beauty on our Texas wildflowers, he loves you that much more. Realize God loves you. Oh, ye of little faith. Don't let these storms get you down. Don't let them worry you. It ends up in John chapter 6, verse 21. It says, then they were willing to let him in. After all that, after everything, your version might have said they were eager to let him in, or they were willing to let him in, or they decided to let him in. <laughs> they had to see so much, and finally, they were willing to let him in. And I love how John says this, and immediately the boat arrived at its destination. When we finally let Jesus in our lives, when we finally let him back in the boat where he's supposed to be, the, where, where we're going in our lives, when we finally decide to do that, we go where we need to be. And that's the message that we hear Jesus wants to be part of your life. Jesus wants to be the one that gives you this direction. Jesus wants to be your Savior. And Jesus wants you to realize that this is great news. Farseo. Cheer up. Be cheerful. Be encouraged. Ego, I'm me. I am. I am your Savior, I am here, I am your Creator, I am the King of Kings, I am the Lord of Lords, and I am here for you. Do you need to be saved by Jesus Christ? You can be saved today. We can baptize you into His name. Your sins can be washed away, and you can raise a new person in Him. Or maybe you're just a disciple that maybe has lost a little bit of your faith, 
and you're rowing and you're going nowhere. Jesus doesn't want you to go nowhere in life. He wants you to be cheered up. He wants you to be encouraged and he wants you to let him in your boat. Let's take our boats in this storm with Jesus. Let's keep Jesus in our life. And when we do that, we'll get to where we need to be. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for loving us and caring for us. And God, we pray that you will help us to always remember that you are in control. No matter what the storm, no matter what's going on in our life, you are there for us. And your hand is reached out to save us. And you want us to take notice. We want us to be be encouraged to know that you bring us the good news of salvation. Father, help us to let you in our boat. Father, help us to go in our life with you. Help us to serve like you want us to serve. And help give us meaning in our life. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining Sunday's lesson with Lane. I pray you are blessed by this message and that you will join us next week as we dive into the encouragement God gives us in his word.